Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Gays Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ plus people and allies committed to non-violently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. I'm your host, Sarah Germain Lilly. And I'm Ty Kersley. This week's episode of Radio Gag is Assault Weapons Ban. Last week, our Congress passed an assault weapons ban in the House of Representatives. You may not have heard about it, or perhaps you have heard about it and heard that it is doomed to fail to pass the Senate that we can't expect even 16 out of 50 Republican senators to cast a vote ending the legal purchase of assault-style weapons used in mass murders in the U.S. The U.S. is virtually the only country in the world where these weapons are widely available and the only country with hundreds of mass shootings and killings every year. This week, we honor the dead and survivors of two horrific mass killings that took place in August of 2019. The El Paso, Texas Walmart, where a gunman killed 23, and Dayton, Ohio, where 10 died. Assault weapons were used by young men with extremist ideology in both acts of domestic terrorism. Gays Against Guns organizer and activist J.W. Walker joins us to explain the history of the 1994 assault weapons ban to give us some context on the question, why don't we have an assault weapons ban already? And this week, Gays Against Guns will be traveling to Houston, Texas for the 2022 Women's Convention. Later in the show, Sarah speaks with organizer and Women's March creative director, Kim Parker Russell, about the 2022 Women's Convention. Next, our in memoriam is from Sean Stefanik. In memory of Keisha Chanel Geter, 26 years old, July 20th, 2022, Augusta, Georgia. Keisha Chanel Geter was fatally shot outside a night's inn where she'd been traveling with a friend. Geter was an active advocate in the LGBTQA community who inspired everyone everywhere she went and touched the lives of many. Geter's mother, Michelle Jordan, has also described her as shining bright like a diamond and as someone who always made me laugh, Jordan told reporters. My best friend... We talked all the time, a beautiful spirit, loving, kind, wonderful, just beautiful, helped everybody, would give the shirt off her back. Geter's family spearheaded a local transgender Lives Matter movement to promote love and acceptance in the wake of Geter's tragic passing. She used to say, Mom, I'm going to be famous one day. She was such a kind spirit. You couldn't help but love her. Ain't hurt nobody. Loved everybody. For parents that don't accept your child, you're pushing them out. It doesn't matter how it looks. You should always love your child. So 2019, just three years ago, these two horrific shootings back to back the same weekend in August. And I just learned that the shooter ascribed to this horrific uh, replacement theory 
yeah it's almost like a genocide theory it's 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 a way to for for these men to focus their anger and blame other people for their for their problems and of course he was using a semi-automatic rifle an ak-47 style which we hear about all the time these these kinds of weapons which we're dealing with today same pattern documents on uh, social media you know it almost feels like our country is making it easy for these criminals to wreak this kind of terror on our population and next up I talk with gag activist J.W. Walker about the context of the assault weapons ban of 1994. Welcome listeners. We are here with J.W. Walker, founding member of Gays Against Guns, activist extraordinaire. Uh, Welcome, Jay. Thank you for being on the show today. Hey, Sarah. It's always great to be on Radio Gag. Jay, we brought you here today to talk about a historic assault weapons ban that has been passed in the lower house of Congress this week. But tell us about the history of this. How come we can't get an assault weapons ban passed? Uh, I mean, it's really because the the gun industry, the gun lobby um, has taken full control over the GOP. The, the first assault weapons ban, which was enacted in 1994, you know, a re- as a part of the omnibus crime bill, which also had some really problematic aspects to it, some real misunderstandings about causes of crime, et cetera, et cetera. But the assault weapons ban was at least one aspect of that crime bill that was extraordinarily successful. You know, it was enacted in 1994, as I said. We saw an immediate drop in the number of of mass shootings, mass murders uh, using these weapons. And you know, the unfortunate thing is that when uh, the bill was getting uh, debated and marked up and uh, going through reconciliation between both houses and what have you, the NRA is the one who inveigled with um, the Republicans in Congress to insert um, that sunset. Uh, the ban would expire in 10 years. And uh, and going into the 2004 election, don't forget the 2004 expiration was right before the 2004 election, um, the Democrats got uh, scared. And they um, did not do hardly anything except for a few people who were very, very um, focused on gun control issues and had been for, you know, for, for the length of their careers, you know, did not try to mobilize any public support for the assault weapons ban, did not put out all of the information to the people that might have encouraged a groundswell of support from the American people. So without the Democrats really doing anything meaningful to make it permanent, it was allowed to fail. And now what we're seeing is comparing the the 10 years of the assault ban to the 10 years immediately after it was allowed to expire, uh, almost three times as many mass shooting events, mass, uh, you know, mass murders, and over four times as many dead in these mass shootings. So, I mean, the data is all there. You know, the NRA, the Republican Party have managed to have effective messaging, perhaps up until now, the fact that the Democratic Party has re-embraced 
um, the need for sensible gun control legislation over, you know, the last, certainly over the last six years since Gays Against Guns was founded in the wake of, of Pulse Orlando, that we've had elected officials brought into Congress on the issue of guns. And it's a positive uh, development. And the fact that the House of Representatives was able to get this ban passed is extraordinary. We, we see people sort of poo-pooing it. Oh, it'll never pass in the Senate. Oh, it'll, you know, whatever. You know, today, Kristen Sinema just came on board with Inflation Reduction Act. She just came on board that we apparently have a solid 50 Democrats in support of this, and Kamala Harris will be the tiebreaker in the Congress, or perhaps some uh, Republicans who feel maybe under threat in slightly purpler states might even sign on to it as well. You know, that bodes well for the possibility that just maybe the Senate might be able to do something. You know, people are talking about a recess, but, you know, the recess is not the end of this congressional term. We have the entirety of the fall for the Senate to mark up debate uh, for Chuck Schumer to uh, to introduce this, for him to use his power to, um, to get a vote on it. Yeah. Well, I have to say it's been a long and bloody path. Yeah. And, you know, 18 years gone by since that assault weapons ban expired and a generation of kids who have to be taught that they might escape death or horrific injury if they hide under their desk. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that preparedness for school shootings has essentially been added to the curriculum of every single school. You know, you ask any kid that's currently enrolled in school, what do you do if a mass shooter situation arises in your school? And they can just tick it off like that. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So what are we going to do? How are we going to get out there and make the changes happen that, uh, that we need to see? Well, in Gays Against Guns, what we're trying to do is to formulate a strategy to, to do a major action um, sometime this fall. We don't want to give out any, um, you know, any dates or anything because it's still in formulation, but we want to call on all of our partners in the gun violence prevention movement to, to help us get people out into the streets to demand that this assault weapons ban be brought to a vote in the Senate. And we also want to call out the Supreme Court for the abysmal decision that was made by the majority in the court right now. They're clearly bought and paid for by these powerful interests that control the Republican Party. Now those powerful interests control the Supreme Court. Um, You know, this is a long time uh, coming. This was a very, very strategic plan on the part of of the republicans to finally establish a court a court that thwarts the will of the vast majority of the american people on you know issues from gun violence to um to abortion rights to clean air uh to racist discrimination and pulsing you know this has been this has been decision after decision after decision going back for years you know the 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 crystallization this past june though um, with these three just truly horrific decisions uh, and, and, and horribly unpopular decisions coming down from the court, um, they, they do have the potential to mobilize a, a very, very large swath of the people if, if we in the activists and advocacy communities ensure 
that were calling attention to these things that were really sort of laser focused, amplifying these concerns. Awesome. Well, Jay, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Gag today. And uh, we will see you at the next action. So yeah, we'll see you out in these streets. <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us, J.W. Walker, founding member, organizer for Gays Against Guns. Thanks, Sarah. So I did get to see you Thursday, Sarah. We were both at what would have been Joaquin Oliver's 22nd birthday, who was one of the 17 killed in Parkland, Florida in 2018, whose parents started Change the Ref. Manny and Patricia Oliver every year hold a birthday party for their son. She specifically said, we are not going to be sad today. And it was just sort of great to see so many GVP powerhouses in the same place. So many of them I haven't seen in person, but also in a, in a point where, you know, the assault weapons ban had gone through and I got to see Poe, uh, Poe Murray, who had to sit there for a week and have them up and down tell her, okay, we will help support this and then come back and say, yeah, but we're going to add billions of dollars to police or no, we're not going to do it for another couple weeks or no. I mean, she just had a roller coaster of a week. For some reason, the Olivers have a way of taking something that is extremely depressing and solemn, you would think, but uh, really help energize us and turn it into an, a motivational event. Just And I told him, I said, you know, everyone in the country knows who you are because of the way that you're going and taking this issue and bringing attention to it. How did you enjoy yourself? I mean, it's it sounds strange to say that we were enjoying ourselves, but we really were glad to be together. It was so empowering. I mean, I felt surrounded by the superheroes of my life, certainly the superheroes in the gun violence prevention movement. It was just unforgettable for me. And, and I am I am newly inspired and I am going to give everything I've got to push now for this assault weapons ban to make it through the Senate and to be signed into law. Yeah, and, and gag ourselves, we're coming up with assault weapons ban signs and, and things like that. I So X Gonzalez, or formerly Emma Gonzalez, um, wrote a speech in high school that I think stopped the country. I think there was that moment where it will be forever in our, you know, memories of how visceral that speech was. And I was talking to Mike Song uh about it as well and everyone was like we need you to talk more on our show or we need you here for this and, and just everybody wanted to spread the word and to kind of really capture the energy of these people and i think that's what i felt i felt just so much positive energy moving forward of how we're gonna um tackle this and our wins we have been you know having a lot of wins in a row and i believe once one domino falls the other ones are, are will not take that much longer to just get us to where we need to be in a safer country. Yeah, yeah, I am behind it a thousand percent. And we will hear from Parkland survivors on an upcoming show. So we look forward to that. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. You can hear us on WBAI 99.5 FM on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. or on your favorite podcast platform. So pour yourself an icy beverage, sit back in the shade, and listen.
listen in while Radio Gag shares all the dish on how to end the gun violence epidemic. And please, please help to keep us on the air fighting gun violence by making a contribution to WBAI. Be generous and give now. You can call 212-209-2950 and make a pledge. Call 212-209-2950 or go to give, that's G-I-V-E, numeral 2, WBAI.org. And thank you. Next up, Sarah's interview with Kim Parker Russell, feminist activist and organizer of the 2022 Women's Convention in Houston, Texas. Good afternoon, listeners. I am here with Kim Parker Russell. She is creative director of the Women's March and one of the organizers of the Women's Convention 2022. So I am so looking forward to going and Kim is going to tell us a little bit about this. So uh, Kim, tell us about the Women's Convention 2022 and what will be happening in Houston, Texas. Yes, I would love to tell you about it. We are super excited to be there. Um, I don't know if you know this fun fact, but in 1977, the National Women's Conference was held in Houston, Texas. Um, And there, you know, they made some important steps towards uh, inclusive feminism, and we want to keep that fight going. As we all know, uh, things are getting tougher in Texas. They are not getting better. So we are going back. We are uh, taking our movement where the fight is. We're going to meet it head on. And we are bringing together women and allies from all over the country to meet in Houston next weekend, August 12th through 14th at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And tickets are still available. And I hope people come, thewomensconvention.com. Thanks. Uh, It's going to be really, really exciting. And I was looking at the website and I encourage everybody to go to the website and look at what is going to be offered there. A long list of things that really lift, lift up women and human rights. And I was particularly interested right now in um, motivating people as a subject and as something that I want to be doing every day. And then um, organizing, like, you know, getting stuff off the ground. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, about those aspects? Yeah, so that's pretty much what we're going to be doing there. I mean, you know, let's face it, uh, women have seen the greatest attacks on our freedom and our bodily autonomy in a generation. Um, These are dire times. We need to organize more than ever, and we cannot give up the fight. And so what we want to do is uh, bring women together, and not just the women who can afford to be there. We've been raising money uh, fast and furious. We're uh, trying to get a thousand scholarships um, so that women can come from every state. We want every state represented. We want women uh, to be there from all, you know, classes. We want, we want everyone there. And that is what's so important, right? When we organize, we need to hear from every single voice. And so we're getting these women together and we want to be there. You know, of course, we're going to learn some skills. We're going to organize. We're going to talk about a lot of different issues. We're going to talk about women and safety, reproduction, you know, reproductive justice, uh, the feminist economy, immigration, LGBTQ rights, all of that. But also 
we're going to just be in community together. We're going to meet one another. We're going to uh, grieve together. We're going to rage together. We're going to organize together. And we're going to work to build our feminist future. And that's what we need right now more than ever. And uh, we're going to do it in Texas. You, you said ask about Texas. Tell us, uh, tell us why Houston and why Texas in particular right now? Yeah, you know, we have gotten some pushback from, uh, you know, some of our base concerned, you know, they were like, we don't want to spend our money in Texas. And I get that. I totally do. And, you know, I can't say that I'm super excited about giving Texas my money. But at the same time, I have people I love and know that live in Texas. I have people in Texas that are going to be the most impacted by these draconian laws that are spreading across our country. And we cannot forsake our sisters. Right. We have to go to where the fight is. And that's where the fight is. Texas is purple. I don't know, you know, I mean, there's a lot of voting rights issues happening and gerrymandering, but Texas is purple. And if we can get to the people and organize there and take this fight on there, look at what just happened in Kansas, right? Nobody saw that coming, but when you take, when you take the issues to the people directly and the people vote, then the people win. And we won in Kansas and everyone was shocked, but I wasn't because we know that two thirds of our country supports abortion. So we, you know, we have the people on our side. It's just, we've got to get together and organize together. And, uh, you know, it's an exhausting fight. So I think we also have to have joy together. So this convention is going to be a little different. It's not going to, you know, there is going to be a lot of serious stuff going on. There's going to be a lot of education going on, but there's also going to be a lot of fun going on there's going to be a lot of uh joy we're having a 1970s prom on saturday night where we want everyone to dress accordingly and that's sort of a shout out to the women's conference of 1977 uh we have britney spencer performing friday night we are also going to be having instead of the usual plenary with you know one speaker after another uh, we're going to have feminist family feud. We're going to have feminist jeopardy. So it's sort of an unconventional little bit. I like to call it femcon just for short, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be serious. It's going to be everything. So I'm super excited about it. You know, I, I am from the West. I'm, I'm from California and I can't wait. I'm going to get another cowgirl hat when I'm in Texas, but you know, people forget that the West brought the women's right to vote to uh, to the table, and where those states were the first to ratify the amendment to give women the right to vote. So that's right, and it's those states that offer these ballot initiatives during their elections, and that's how we won in Kansas. So these same states can take that same practice and do it again. So, you know, that's why it's just so important that we all get together. And we're really excited to, we're going to have Social Justice City, which is where we'll have uh, grassroots organizations and vendors and um, all sorts of activities going on there. And there will be regional meetups so that uh, attendees will be able to go there and connect with other people in their region because this isn't just about this weekend. We want these connections to last. We want everybody to take back to their community everything they're learning and then organize in their community and keep in touch with each other, hold each other accountable, exchange ideas. You know, 
you know, something that's happened in Kansas could be shared with other states. We don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. If we share this information, uh, you know, we can win in, in multiple states. You know, we can keep up the fight. Exactly. And think about your future grandchildren, right? You want to be able to say to them, look, I did everything I could, and, you know, and we, we, we have those grandparents, right. Who did those things. And now, you know, it's our turn and it's, and yes, it's unfair and yes, it's sad and yes, it sucks, but it's just, it's the deck we've been handed and we have to, we have to deal. That's life. Um, but I think we can do it with grace. We can do it in community. We can do it with joy together. We can get things done. Yeah, I think we can say on the radio that we can go out there and kick ass. <laughs> yes, we can. I know. I'm really thinking about getting some some uh, boots while I'm in Texas because <laughs> I need. Some, I, I feel the need for some <laughs> kickers. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see you there. Thank you so much for being on Radio Gag today, and uh, look forward to seeing you. I'll be there with uh, Gays Against Guns with Bridget McGinn. And we've been speaking to Kim Parker Russell. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you. It's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this gun violence prevention news show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And we're back with a new episode every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Until next week, Sarah Germain Lilly. And this is Ty Kersley. Have a safe and great day.